0: Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked On Cavs. Coming up on today's show, it's a fun crossover with our friend with the Locked On Bulls podcast, Jordan Malley, Matt Peck, talked about game one between Chicago and Cleveland and talked about game two coming up, as well as some of the similarities between these two teams. That's all coming up today on Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode.
1: MZ to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home the Garland for three. Hey, knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanchunas finds a cutter and a coro. and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie, Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. Hey, knocks it down. Love hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And
0: uh,
2: Cleveland! Yeah. This is for you!
0: Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked On Cavs. We have a little special Central Division playoff E playoff adjacent crossover. Evan Damrell is here with me, and then I've got the locked on bull guy, locked on bulls guys Matt and Jordan. Guys, what's up? How's it going? Hey guys, how
3: are you?
2: what's up, what's up? <laughs> Oh, I'm not too bad. I'm good. Chris, how are you doing? it's it's Monday for us, right? Yeah, it is Monday. Yeah, so.
0: that's that is the day of the week, Evan. Thank you for being aware of what, what day of the week it is. Thank you, buddy. No problem. You're really on top of it, you know, just you're better at trolling me than you are knowing what day of the week it is. So I appreciate the fair, bits.
2: I forgot central time was a thing, so I sit down and try computer. That's true. Like right before two thirty, I'm just like, All right, where are they sending the link at? And Chris is like three thirty, our time boss and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go read a book for a little bit and just that, chill that, out.
0: That's what happens anytime. Everyone tends to think Ohio is in the central time zone for some reason, and I'm just like, I get it because we're sort of like in that cluster of Midwest, but, you know, it is what of this. But we're talking after the Cavs played the Pistons – or excuse me, the Bulls. I am so off. It's Monday. Played the, pit, the Bulls over the weekend, playing tournament stuff adjacent. Cleveland um, is sort of – to all the models you can like it kind of already had them as a very thin chance of making it the bulls have uh, a little better of a chance of making it although it's still sort of tricky um looking at the 538 model right now the bulls have a three percent chance of making the playoffs the wizards who are a little ahead of them in the standings are at six the Cavs are under one percent with the likes of detroit and orlando in the eastern conference guys I, let's just talk about that game for a little bit because my first reaction was i sort of like was going through my notes and was like oh yeah lori market and had a good game and like seeing all the bulls people i follow's <laughs> tweets were I was sort of surprised by the fact that Laurie uh, kind of did some stuff. With the, what was your guys' take? Because that was like my first thing when I was looking back through my notes that kind of surprised me before we dive into some of the actual stuff that maybe matters a little bit more than that.
3: Matt, would you yeah, agree he's crazy. the most por- polarizing player on this Bulls team this season? Like as far in terms of players that we talk about consistently?
1: I mean, I think at one point he was, but I think over the course of the last month or so, when Lowry got his demotion to the bench after he'd been a starter his entire career, most of the fan base took that as a sign to be like, okay, well, he didn't get moved at the trade deadline, but he's pretty much out of here uh, when he hits restricted free agency this offseason. We just got the official dates earlier today as far as uh, you know when the moratorium lifts, um, when free agency officially begins in early August. And... I think Lowry is going to get an offer sheet from some team out there who thinks that they can fix him, right? Um, But I don't think that the Bulls are going to match it. So it was weird to see him not only have some decent minutes, but especially closing in that Bulls-Cavs game this weekend because he has not been closing for the Bulls this season.
2: I unfortunately riffed on Lari a little bit, and <laughs> Comparing him to one primo pasta, Andrea Bargnani, and he definitely shut me up Saturday night. And it's especially <laughs> worse because Chicago's coming off a of back-to-back and Cleveland had a day of rest like – I had high hopes for the Cavs in this game. I don't know about Chris, but I had a feeling that Cleveland might come in here because even pre-game, like the Cleveland broadcaster tr- crew is just like this Chicago team is playing horribly lately. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm believing it. I'm buying it. I'm I'm my my everything I believe is being reaffirmed. And Chris, how did you feel about this game for the Cavs? And more so Laurie, how'd you feel about him? Because you know, that's a that's a player a lot of, a few members of the Cavs contingency covering this team has a soft spot for when it comes to maybe free agency, this off. Season. yeah you knew I
0: was I'm kind of out on that as a thing just cause, oh, I like am, I, I, I watch like teams put threes on him and I'm just like I'm sort of good but um <laughs> look I, I uh, seeing how the Cavs reacted post game told me a lot about it more than anything else like Darius Garland was like legit bummed, and he's not like the most um how do I say this nicely uh vocal verbose player? guy yeah vocal's a good way of putting it like vocal guy with the media right like he's very quiet he very good. reserved yeah but, like, he was generally, like, grumpy and, like, upset that they lost. And, like, I, this game didn't have, like, the most massive stakes in the world. But the Cavs haven't played a meaningful game since, like, 2018. This was, like, the closest thing they've had since, for a meaningful game. It, like, this is a team that is, like, less than two years removed from Larry Drew being, like, I actually hate basketball now. I don't, like, want to be here anymore. Like, this this team has been awful since LeBron left. And as tends to happen, you lose arguably the greatest player of all time. I will not work with lot. I will not come on a Lockdown Bulls podcast the day of – the the last dance anniversary and and say a definitive example, LeBron is better than Jordan I will not get myself fired here on the network um but like the, this game like meant something yeah no I honestly like I see this shit talking on clips and Twitter and I'm like all right I'm I'm all the way in Chris what'll get you fired on the
2: network as you tell David Jordan didn't push off that's what's over always- <laughs> Rudy Gobert is actually MVP David Locke if you're listening <laughs>
3: But, Utah uh, jazz might be a sore spot for math this week. Just considering one of the three alphas now owns, uh, or majority stake, right? In Utah, the three so.
0: alphas. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. What is Dwayne Wade doing? What is he doing? Okay. Okay. But the best part of that is not the Wade part of it. It's the Mickey Harrison press release that he sends out. And then they have like a social media graphic that someone had to spend their day making or at least part of their day making. Unbelievable. Oh right. my goodness. The NBA is quite stupid sometimes, but like, did you guys feel like this game mattered to the Bulls? Like, I I obviously know you don't have Levine, and I obviously know they're trying to make the playoffs, and you you get Vooch and everything that has gone on with that. But, like, did you feel like this team is – like, Cleveland was sort of viewing this game as, like, okay, this is maybe not, like, everything for us in terms of the whole – pizza pie or whatever, but it's is it something that like was on the radar in terms of they needed to win and then kind of figure out where they're going from there in terms of staying in the playoff hunt?
3: I feel like a lot yeah, of I the mean, games have been that way, Matt. Right? They, a yeah. lot of these games this season, especially after this, the second half started with the All-Star game starting, making the trade at the trade deadline, those types of moves meant to at least Bulls fans in the short term the fact that hey w- w- it's time to make the playoffs it's try- time to get Levine some playoff experience while the trade might have been more of a commitment to Levine long term and saying hey we want to win here to me, it felt short-term. It's like Billy Donovan has said and preached all season that they need to win games. And the Bulls have found miraculous ways to blow games late in the fourth quarter this season. It This one felt like they needed to win, especially their losing ways over the last couple of weeks. Matt, I think you feel the sim- similar light and the, the frustration that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, stakes were high in that it was a... Get right game. No offense to your Cavs. I mean, <laughs> but we couldn't even figure out how to beat. Orlando, which is the team that we just took their best player from. Like, and the, the loss of Orlando was, like, rock bottom this yes. season. Oh, Wendell had a double-double, and we all looked like fools. It was like, okay, calm down, Bulls Twitter. But, I mean, I always zoomed out and looked more towards big picture, even when they made the Vooch trade, to say, okay, Vooch, Zach Levine, and Patrick Williams, those are the only three staples that we know are very likely to be here next season and beyond. Lowry's probably leaving. Kobe White certainly does not look like the point guard of the future for this team. Uh, So, like... Yeah, if you want to make the play-in, then it was a must-win game because you were dropping games left and right. Like, darn the Bulls and the Cavs for ruining my streak of making money betting on the Bulls to lose, because that was just like <laughs> instant money in my bank account for, for a good week and a half there. Um, but, I, you know, as far as big picture stuff, no, like the stakes weren't huge, but they certainly, if they want to make that play-in, can't afford to drop games to your Cleveland Cavaliers. Do you guys care about the
0: plan? Because I, I find I find the Cavs Twitter is wrestling with this very question, and I think the players somewhat care, but but I I also like it, it's one of those things I don't know how much it actually matters right now. I just I just don't.
3: We have very split opinions on this. Very very split opinions. I take it from that. The fact that Zach Levine doesn't have a playoff experience yet, basically none of this team does, outside of maybe some of the new acquisitions, but if you think about it in terms of where do the Bulls want to be three years from now, considering that they're in year four of a rebuild, I think that's huge. I I think playoff experience of any kind, even if it's a weird, shitty play-in game, who cares? Zach Levine and the rest of the team will take that as a playoff game. And even if you get one game, who cares? The most important thing to Zach Levine now is not making the bag. It's making the playoffs, marking his legacy as he starts to turn the corner. And He's in his prime now, so he wants to win. And to me, I think the playoff experience would be great, considering where you traded your picks now, the trade deadline. That being said, the Bulls have not exactly come out with the, with the fire and passion they would want to make the playoffs. So I feel like it's important to this Bulls team. Matt?
1: I mean, if you say that it's important for not only Zach Levine's uh, emotional health and mental health and confidence to make a play in where they play one game maybe or maybe two. um, Okay. Like, I'm not going to deny that that is potentially a factor here for a team that has gotten really sick of losing um, in the years after the Jimmy Butler trade happened. But again big picture grand scheme of things i don't think it's it's going to be a terrible thing if they miss out on this play in tournament tournament i honestly think it's kind of silly i know like you know some fans are really into this idea it seemed like it was just something to do for the bubble and then they were like oh well that was fun we'll do it again and so is it going to be just a something that this is how it works for the rest of time in the nba come april where we're going to have or, or may we're going to have a play in tourney? like I think it's unnecessary and I'm sorry but it's like it's how I felt when the Bears ownership group said hey well we made the playoffs as an eight and eight team like yay for us and it's like no you can't say you made the playoffs as a ninth or tenth seed with a record that like the Bulls are ten games under 500 don't say that and be like well we made the play-in tournament yippee like no clearly there's still work to be done so who's the Bulls Mitch Trubisky Oh, my God. Sadly, I think Lowry Markkinen.
0: Oh, okay. That's tough.
1: <laughs> tough hangs.
3: Tough hangs there, man. People will want to uh, hang it on Kobe White, which is unfair. And if you check out Kobe, just search Kobe White over the last couple of weeks on Twitter. And you'll right. see everybody, even nationally, are, are going after Kobe, too. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, guys at least about
1: as bad the as the game? Bulls past front office was, like, none. Of, we, we didn't trade up for any of those guys. Like, we didn't right. trade up for right. Lowry or Wendell or
0: All right, we're here now to name the Ultra Player of the Week. And this week, that Ultra Player of the Week is Darius Garland. Look... There is uh, There are things that Darius Garland does on a basketball court that I think are enjoyable to watch. He brings enjoyment. He creates joy for his teammates with his passing, and he just seems like he's having fun out there. He's playing with some happiness. I mean, look at that pass he threw to Colin Sexton this week, just absolutely on a dime, split-second reaction to put that pass up court. The Cavs lost the game, obviously, but that was an incredible pass. And look, just like Michelob Darius Garland is brings you joy happiness enjoyment and remember it's only worth it if you enjoy 2.6 carbs 95 calories joy creates success and enjoyment is the end game it's the whole game and this week Darius garland is the ultra player of the week here on lockdown caps also want to tell you about the lockdown nfl draft coverage so this year the lockdown podcast network is partnering with the draft network to cover the nfl draft live yes live Get insight and analysis from Lockdown local experts and the Draft Next Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. And if you're in Cleveland and you're listening to this, you're probably, uh, you know, National Draft is, is a holiday. So stay tuned and, and check that out on YouTube. Evan, I, I think mm-hmm. the Cavs care. I don't yeah, know how interest do. I don't know how interested like I am in particular because I think there's like a there is a gap between like teams in like seven eight in the East to to where Chicago, Washington, Cleveland are. It's going to be more interesting out west because like Steph Curry versus Dame in the playing tournament could happen, and I'm super I'm in on that. Like if I can watch one game of that, that's that's fine with me. But like <sighs> like but I also hear like Kevin Love talking about it, and he's like so, it matters. Like I, so, we need so. to learn how to win.
2: You're telling me you don't want to watch Colin Sexton go toe to toe with RJ Barrett in Madison Square Garden. Justin or, Rowan or, wants to. I, I absolutely or like Brown and the Boston Celtics. Like I have I so think, much, I have so much draft tape. I have to to crunch at this point. Like like, uh, you gotta learn, you know you, you gotta learn how to crossfade, my guy. I consume two two sources at once. But to answer your question, Chris, yeah, this Cavs team really has been hell bent and determined. I said this when we were on the chase down. I said this last week as well on our show. This Cavs team has wanted the big – not they've wanted. They have been saying for a while that they want to make the playoffs, and they think that they're a playoff team. Colin Sexton set the tone in the preseason. J.B. Bickerstaff backed him up. The general manager, who speaks to the team two to three times a year, backed that statement up as well. Um, And then you kind of just ask players offhand, like, hey – your two-ish games like heading into this game matchup against Chicago on the weekend, your two-ish games back from the playing spot, like, do you still think that's in play or are you kind of looking towards the future? I asked JB about that and he's like, yeah, that's still a focus of ours yeah, we want to try and remain competitive and be the best team we can be, he gave a good coach answer he's like, I just want to go out there and see marked improvement every single time these guys take the floor, but... I think this team is tired of losing. They, record wise, have been like one of the worst teams in the league since LeBron left, and I don't really see much signs of improvement. But at the same time, I mean, you can't like track it with record stuff, but if player development, you're trying to get rid of the stink of losing, I think that's a good way to go about it. And Chris, the odds are stacked against the Cavs heading into this game, just grand scheme of things against Chicago, and probably especially doubly so Wednesday when they play Chicago again. I just I think it's good for them to try and be competitive, but at the same time, I think I'm just a little bit more... I'm a cynic and a realist when I know that this Cavs team isn't going to be a serious playoff threat, but hey, it could be fun. I don't know. I think it'd be a little neat if they were able to make that push. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Alright, so let, I'm going to ask you guys this.
0: Before we move into what Wednesday's going to look like and, and some rest of the show, did anyone on Cleveland in particular impress you? As someone who you guys haven't watched obviously the Cavs as much, um, did anyone on Cleveland's end kind of jump out to you when you're watching that game?
3: Darius Garland, holy crap can that dude pass? Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm jealous. I'm a little jealous, I'll be honest with you, because that was a guy Matt and I talked about back and forth, back and forth for months leading up to that draft. I'm thinking about, too, Isaac Okoro. I think Isaac is another guy Matt and I talked about religiously as a potential piece for this Bulls team leading up to the draft. Obviously, they both went to Cleveland. I'm impressed by both of those guys. Colin Sexton has, an, has had a nice bounce back. I've been trying to keep track a little bit on the Cavs, as I bet, as well across the NBA. But still, I think the most impressive thing that I've seen from this weekend alone was Darius Garland. He had one play where I think he threw a bounce pass in between two Bulls players for a dunk, and it was just like... Oh yeah. my lord. Uh he both of those guys are super impressive.
1: I mean, clearly the 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 player of the game for Cleveland was Delavadova zero points in 11 minutes off the <laughs> uh, I, I swear, I forget that that dude's still in the league until we play Cleveland every once in he, a while. He, um, he's, he's had, he's coach. had,
0: the, he's had like the worst year of, because like he gets a concussion in the first preseason game and then he gets his appendix taken out. And then it's like, hey, Deli, we need like an adult who's going to like move the ball. Can you please play? Oh, it's rough, rough for
1: Deli. Yeah. I, I still have it out for Delhi for that dirty ass play he did against Taj Gibson in the playoffs a few years back, where he like locked legs with Taj and Taj ended up being the one getting ejected. It was complete BS. Delhi can go to hell. Was um, peak,
0: that, was, that was peak Delhi for sure. That and the Hawk stuff is just absolute peak Matthew Dellavedova. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, but no, yeah, I'll echo what Jordan said about Akoro. Like clearly he struggled shooting the ball his rookie year, and we all knew. You know, just from doing our draft homework from his uh, collegiate performance, that he wasn't a great shooter and was probably not going to come into the NBA as a rookie and be some, some, you know, a perimeter shooting threat. Man, when you see what he can do on the defensive end, like I get... I get giddy thinking about what could have been like clearly they weren't going to end up with both of them but pairing him with patrick williams and watching those two grow together as like a defensive stopping duo with all that length and all that defensive versatility um is really cool and uh you know like just knowing how much the bulls are lacking in perimeter defense right now in quality wing defenders right now uh, i'm definitely jealous that you guys got a pretty solid piece in the core
0: that's how I felt about Patrick Williams, too, because I just thought, like, his he he was good in that game. Like, I, I know he's had, like, some issues scoring, and, of course, had kind of a, a lot of the same issues. But, like, I, I liked what he did a lot in that game. Um, I'm, I'm also, like, a Vooch guy. I love Vooch. Like, I understand if, like, you may be reticent that, like – like, and this is one of the ways I sort of think Cleveland and Chicago have like some similarities in terms of what they're doing. It's just like I, they both have these like older guys who are better than their best young players that are playing in the post a little more that are going to do some the back and space the floor. And Vooch, I think is, has, is certainly better than Kevin Love at this point. Kevin Love also had like an awful game. And that's yeah. one of the things that Cleveland was kicking itself about was Kevin just missing all those threes. <laughs> but like, I, I think there's something too. like they, they both these teams are trying to figure out who their young guys are that matters. <laughs> who ultimately uh, sort of is going to be part of what's going forward. And I think you have some guys that clearly look that way. Like Levine, obviously, is kind of the head of the pack for Chicago. Um, you know, you'll, you know, depending on where you are in Kobe way, like I could see someone talking themselves into that. Uh, but then you go to Cleveland and it's like, okay, you have these other guys, but Kevin Love is still sort of like this very useful piece. And just I, I, I think Vooch is just like, he's really good. Like he's really good, and I, I, again, I, I understand. Like maybe the payoff isn't there right now, and that I'm sure you guys have like listeners, uh, or when you guys do locker rooms or whatever, they're getting like, do you get people that are like push back on the vooch of it all in terms of like the price? I think we
3: did. We, we oh, had yeah, we had a few, especially after the oh, yeah. the, lo- the losses. Right away, they were like, what What are we doing? But we could have had another top draft pick. It was supposed to be an evaluation year. I wasn't so so sold on that, but I'm with you. I think Vooch is great and look, we've been crying since we the day we trade Jimmy Butler to add another star to this city. We did it now, so it's going to take time. I said be excited about next year, not necessarily what you're seeing this year.
1: Right. And Bulls fans by nature are irrationally impatient. That's true. um <laughs> and, and we all we all have PTSD here. from uh, a front office that thankfully, finally, was ousted last year. Uh, but we all just assume the worst, always. So, And it, it wasn't even after, like, dropping a bad loss to Orlando. It was soon after the trade. The Bulls are in a stretch of playing 9 out of 10 games on the road. They don't have any practice time for their new pieces. And they they lost close games to, like, Phoenix and Utah, the two best teams in the entire league. And Bulls fans were like, this trade was a mistake. Like, guys, calm the F down. Uh,
2: fans are like uh, that. It, it, it hasn't really thought. Defensive. How did fans react when Kobe White was taken to the bench? I'm just morbidly curious. Chris knows where I'm going with this.
0: Oh, oh, you're okay. And then he's going to be like, "It's actually Chris that is stirring up the sex and debate."
2: Unbelievable. <laughs> I am curious, so though, how did fans react when Kobe was benched?
1: There's definitely a population, like a sub, sub segment of the fan base, who are big believers in Kobe White, uh, especially when we saw what he did towards the tail end of his rookie year, when everything else was going wrong for this team. Jim Boylan was a laughing stock across the league. Uh, you know, their their key guys were going down with injuries. And Kobe White just had this stretch where he, you know, he was uh, Eastern Conference Rookie of the Months um, in in February because he was reeling off all these games where he was just drilling threes, pouring in 30 plus points a night um, and then finally earned a starting spot in their final game before the pandemic shut down the season. So clearly I am someone who watched him as the starting point guard for the first 40 games of the season and said, yeah, nope, that's enough of this experiment. Um, I, it's nice to see him have a couple of good bounce back games um, when he was put back into the starting lineup because of Sato's unavailability like he had a 20 plus point night and then he followed that up with uh, I think 9 or 10 assists against, against Cleveland on Saturday so um, I'm like I'm in the middle I, I have not completely given up on Kobe White as a useful piece and a good NBA player for the Bulls or somebody else mm. but do I think he's a starter in this league? No not right now
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. There are 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and apple almond crisp. Right now, the award-winning, bracket-winning coconut brownie chunk is available for a limited time only at Billbar.com. And if you don't know, Bill Bars are, the, again, the best-tasting protein bar on the market, 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They are great for someone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in something delicious. Right now, go to Free Cooler with Purchase. That's while supplies last. And go to billbar.com. And use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at billbar.com. And again, check out that Coconut brownie Chunk flavor and get it before it's gone. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and other sports such as the UFC are in full swing. BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. There are real-time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free, yes, free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts... And the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, the promo code to get that 50% welcome bonus is Locked On. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening right now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Urban, Jason Lacoforna, and Brian Balginger, our local experts for every team are making trades and picks and picking the next stars for their team. Search The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.
3: Can I ask you guys something really quickly? Just uh, considering we're talking about the guards, has Cleveland fans debated about like struggles either from garland or sexton since they've arrived like struggles either maintaining the offense not necessarily shooting because kobe is a great shooter we know even with his struggles that's going to come back around but it's more so like kind of knowing his role and that's been i think the most frustrating thing about kobe white in his two years with the bulls have have you guys had similar conversations with sexton or garland at either point
2: Chris, do you want to open this can of worms or do you want me to go ahead with it? The- <laughs> Look, I – yeah, I, the, the
0: short answer is yes, right? Like, Yeah. Um, I mean like uh, to the Garland thing is a little more clean to explain because like he came in after that injury at Vanderbilt and was like he looked really rusty and not like quite NBA ready um, last year. Like, he, he just wasn't there. He's, his body and his ability to know what to do in the game and everything has just sort of coalesced this year in a way that has made him really pop, I think, um, and, and become really, really interesting in a way he wasn't last year. Like, he, he last year he didn't have, like, the lift a lot of the times to get off, like, three-pointers, clearly. Now he he's, he's doing really well at taking sort of deeper threes and stuff. There's little stuff that sort of has popped for him. With Sexton, it's like he was the pick that, like, the Cavs didn't use to go all in the last LeBron year. And then the team has like nominated him for like, except for, like the last like two weeks, every single player of the week award. So if people don't know this, I just want to make this explicitly clear. What? Teams nominate players for these awards. Colin Sexton, even like in his rookie year, was getting nominated for these like player of the week awards. Like it was like a bit. I don't like it was not.
2: and also Cavs fans don't think that's strange when you have like Giannis Kumpo, and other players playing in your own yeah. conference. Continue,
0: yeah, it's Chris. like, it's just, it's just like chill. Like, chill but like he also like got hit there's an athletic story like very unfairly like three months into his rookie season where like all the veterans in the locker room were just like this guy doesn't know how to play blah 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 yeah, blah remember blah. That. um it, it was not hard to figure out like who said that <laughs> it's just you, yeah i will i will tell you guys after we're but um uh, it, it's tricky and then the fan base now is just like so hellbent on defending sexton i think in a way that just makes it very hard to discuss him because i think he's clearly a very good scorer but like i don't know like he's not the same as Levine to me because like the size is so different, but like I, in terms of Levine sort of sometimes like Vucevic is a great fit with him because you're going to set up very simple reads for him, right? Like you're not always mm-hmm. going to rely on Levine to make these, the complex reads or manipulate guys in the way you sort of maybe want your apex creator to Sexton sort of has those same limitations. Like I and there's like definitely an argument
2: uh, that like he, okay, has the, he has an option somewhat in Jared down like Sexton has made the obvious easy reads when Jared's wide open like he made a right. really good pass tonight right. night where I'm like yeah well, good job Colin you would not yeah, make but- that read a few games or a few years or a year or two ago. Right, I think you can just get to
0: a point where like you look at what he does and he's producing at a higher level than these other guys, but it's also like you you there's open questions. And again, like I don't think any I think you would probably guys would probably say the same thing about the Bulls. Like I don't think any of the Cavs young guys have like made themselves immune to anything. Right? Like they're not immune to competition. No.
3: The Bulls' problem is we have no confidence on this team. Like, you, Larry Marketing goes out there, takes two shots, misses both of them, and then he, he, he mopes for the rest of the game. Like, that's yeah. the Bulls' problem is they don't have infighting. It's, nobody has any confidence in each other it's like oh zach's not in okay i don't know where we're getting points tonight because i don't want to shoot it's it's weird things like that it's a confidence issue more than it's a battle between people or opinions on go- younger guys it, it's in, it's fascinating to me because of the way that bulls fans react to our younger players comparing it to a different market and a cabs team that i think like you said chris i think that it's multiple levels of parallels you could make between the two organizations trying to rebuild. So I was just fascinated by that. By, by the way, real quick question. You guys are keeping Jared Allen long term, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think Chris actually asked Kobe about this. Um, Kobe mm-hmm. said it's better to have him in house than to try and pursue him in free agency. So, and then from the, mo- and then he also called them a franchise cornerstone of the future, which is basically telling Andre Drummond they were done with him in that moment in time. So it just got a little weird with Andre still starting and the future coming off the bench.
1: I thought that was one of the, like the low key awesome steals for any team on deadline day was you guys getting Allen, um, -hmm. you know, obviously Brooklyn Mm -hmm. swinging for the fences to get their, their, their three alphas together, um, and, and making that (laughs) happen and beefing up the roster in other ways. But, uh, I mean I, I thought Brooklyn had a great piece, uh, that he that he could anchor that team for years to come. And yeah, you know, I'm I'm stoked and obviously a little jealous too that you guys got yeah. in because Jordan and I had talked about Jared Allen a lot as a piece that this Bulls team should go after if we just decided, which we did, that Wendell Carter Jr. was not this team's starting center of the future.
3: Never forget the Bulls had that 17th overall pick in that draft where he was selected, what, 20th, I think, or 21st?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: I believe so, yeah. Nuts. Um, So if if the Nets have the three alphas, do they also have a leadership council?
1: Uh, it's a leadership committee. Oh, sorry, excuse me. I, I'm not I apologize. sure what the difference is between those two things. <laughs> sorry, uh, but no, that that is a phrase that we don't say anymore. Just okay. like we don't utter the name of the coach who used to be here. Okay, anymore. that's
0: fair. That, that's very fair. I wouldn't either. Um, <laughs> I uh, there there are certain Cavs things we can just refuse to mention as well in a lot of ways. But let's wrap up. Let's get towards the end here on this, guys. What are you looking forward to on Wednesday? Because I just want to see. For me, it's just all about do the Cavs like give a dang about the game? Because I don't know if they will.
2: That was so Midwest of you to say it hurts. They give it.
0: I didn't want to swear. I didn't want to. Sw- I didn't want to use a, a swear, Evan.
2: <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm expecting
3: the Bulls to come out and try to capitalize on their last win, and they need to continue to prove that they can beat teams that they should beat, especially without Levine. That's no offense to the Cavs team, because I watched. I still am confused of how you guys beat a Kevin Durant. Brooklyn team earlier this
0: season. Colin Sexton had the game of does, his life. How's that? Even, yeah. it's nuclear. Well, even Saturday, I don't honestly, like, the Cavs rolled out, like, that, like, Sexland plus three big lineup, and then we're like, we're also going to play three bigs with a Coro and a guard, and it somehow, like, got them back in the game. It did, My brain still doesn't quite understand how that happened. It, it doesn't really make sense to me, honestly.
3: You throw something unusual at the Bulls and they'll be confused, at least for a half a quarter. <laughs> uh, the Bulls also don't have a great defense, either, outside of if Patrick Williams or Thad Young are not on floor then it's it's open season but I think the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for Matt is do not let Jared Allen have a massive game because that's something I was surprised at this weekend that he didn't go off and Mm -hmm. the Bulls have been exposed time and time again with giving up paint points and just being absolutely obliterated in the paint so stop Jared Allen hopefully Sexton and Garland do not care about this game and we pick up another win
1: yeah. And speaking of points in the paint, to me, that was the key for, for Saturday night's game when the Bulls almost once again, as you said earlier, Jordan, found a way to lose, you know, uh, snatching defeat from the Jaws of victory. Um, th- they just like forgot that they had Vooch for a quarter and then with like a few minutes left in the in the fourth quarter it was like oh yeah maybe we should just give the ball to vooch and let him go to work in the post um which they did and get like yeah he also hit a big three late but they got on the ball inside the bulls did not get to free throw line i think they only took nine free throws on saturday night and that was their seventh or eighth straight game with fewer than 20 free throw attempts longest streak in franchise history this team is not aggressive enough so speaking of trying to prevent allen from having a big blowout game how about you attack the paint and try and get him into foul trouble early that's what i would like to see the bulls try to accomplish
2: chris i think this is just gonna be a rubber match for the Cavs. hopefully like you said the Cavs are a little frustrated a little disappointed that they weren't able to go in and win this one they're kind of riding some good vibes of the team almost being fully healthy there's no larry nance on Monday night, he could be not available Wednesday. He's out Monday for personal reasons against Detroit, so he could not be available Wednesday. So that could be a big blow to Cleveland because Larry is starting to look... (sighs) like a little bit more like himself as just the tertiary playmaker off the bench. Jack of all trades now master of none. He's kind of a staple of that bench mob. So that's going to be an interesting development, but we'll just see how this team responds. Like Darius was legitimately disappointed and he had a career game against Chicago. So maybe he comes back out with a little bit of ferocity intensity. Maybe Kevin Love doesn't miss so many three pointers. There's a lot of variables and ifs, what ifs with this Cavs team. So I'm interested to see how it goes.
0: If the Cavs lose to the Pistons on Monday, I just will be like, I'm sure they might just <laughs> might call it a day on Wednesday. Doc, like we did you ate... see
2: the injury report for Detroit; they have like eight. Oh, it out. is
1: it is like Dude, it is incredible. Who's, who's even who's even logging minutes for that Detroit team anymore? Like who's on, seriously who's on that team?
2: Guys, <laughs> Sabin like Lee. Lee. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, kicks yeah. Killian Hayes. Um, Sekou James.
0: Ed, yeah, I don't know if you guys follow James Edwards from the Athletic, but some like one a Pistons Twitter like made him uh, uh, so like exactly. photoshopped into like a piston. Jersey and i like, was like all right, well, you got to play some minutes on Monday <laughs> after <laughs> he tweeted the injury report. Um, things are bleak for Detroit. Um, they are also no shade; they're probably the least fun team. I, like I'm, I'm looking at the Tankathon right now, and they're the least fun team that could get the number one pick. let just—that's my hot take.
2: Wow, you're just driving a knife in the heart of friend of the pod, Lazarus Jackson, right now by saying they're the least fun team. <laughs> Whatever.
0: I just them did them. a spin. I just got a spin, and they got number one. The Cavs fell the seven, and the Bulls fell the nine, and you don't get their pick. So this is clearly rigged and a problem.
1: <laughs> right. Well, you know, just like us, if we can't it, so, say the Bulls fall out of the play-in and they go to the lottery and they get lucky and jump into the top four because that picked Orlando's top four protected. Yeah. Say we and Cleveland don't get lucky in the lottery. You always want it to be a team in the West, right? You know, especially not a team in your own division that lands the number one pick. You don't want that team adding number one kind of talent. Uh, whether it's, you know, Suggs, who we saw earlier today officially declare, or Cunningham, or whoever else. Like, no. And it's, Detroit? Nah. the hell with Detroit? We don't want them having the number one pick. <laughs> I, there's not, like, even a good option,
0: though. Like, I mean, like, I don't—Minnesota's had enough lottery luck. Yeah.
2: You uh, have
3: a I, More Minnesota. You have Pat.
2: We need the chaos scenario, Chris, where the Wolves pick falls to four, Golden State gets one, they get Cade Cunningham, and they can take oh, like no. Jonathan Kaminga or Jalen no. Green, and then we can watch some shoulder shimmies for the rest of time, and Cleveland just gets angrier <laughs> and angrier. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, let, me, let me ask you guys one last question before we
0: go. If Let's just say both these teams fall out over the next, like, we got, like, what, like, a month left in the season? Something like that?
2: 16. Yeah, games. we got 16 games left. 16 games for Cleveland as well.
0: Uh, yeah, I saw, like, the Spurs and someone are playing, like, 17 games in 29 days, which is, like, just outrageous. But um, if, they, if they fall out of it, do you think they'll, like, shut it down and try to tank out the rest of the season?
1: That's a good I question. I mean, like... In, like, you mean like in the next week or so, if they fall yeah. even further back? Um, yeah,
0: let's say like they lose like three in a row, and it's like, okay, like there's just like our chances are really right. odd, and like maybe Levine, like I don't know exactly what's up with Levine, or like maybe like Vooch has like get, like picks up a little nick in between there, and
1: like he can't, he's not 100%. Like, you just shut it down? I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. I'm not sure what AK and Eversley and Donovan have in mind. If they have to, you know, deal with that contingency plan, if they drop some some more winnable games that they have on deck, because after you know we get a, a rubber match against you guys, and then there's I think another Orlando game in there somewhere, um, but like we also like we got to play the Heat uh, in in consecutive games coming up. We got to play the Bucks a couple of times. We still have the Nets on the schedule again. Um, the Knicks, who are you know Tom Thibodeau legend, actually a, a tough beat. They had an awesome win this weekend. Um, and so, I would not be opposed. If, if they slide to somehow three or four games back of the tenth seed, get give uh, you know get, give Nikola Vucevic an injury on the injury report and just shut down. I don't know about Jordan now.
3: I think I think they don't have to tank though, like they don't have to actively do that because they're already losing games that they shouldn't. <laughs> So, to me, we
1: were trying to beat Orlando and lost
3: to them. Exactly, like like, that was absolutely the worst loss of the season. I think with the Levine injury, it's kind of tempered expectations for some of these guys. They probably know that best case scenario is making the play-in game. The Bulls have the ninth hardest schedule out of the remaining games that they have to play. They have the ninth hardest schedule in the NBA. So, do I see the Wizards passing the Bulls? It could be very likely if Levine ends up missing what? I think they play four more games before Levine's two weeks, technically, where he could return. It's it's going to be tough, but they need to win the games if they want to stay competitive and make that play in. But I don't think they have to actively tank.
0: It's also going to be really a hard-out tank like a bunch of these teams. Like, who's on taking the Magic and the Pistons and the Thunder right now? It's, like, impossible.
1: Right. Right?
3: And, the, and well,
0: the OKC and doesn't a care
1: go. A couple years <laughs> no, they're ago, they were trying to tank. They failed. Like, you know, it, the there was like the, the Nico Miritich-fueled seven-game winning streak at the back end of a meaningless season in the first season post-Jimmy that ruined our lottery odds. You know, we had, like, Wayne Selden Jr. leading us to pointless wins alongside Antonio Blakeney two years ago when we were trying to tank. So, naturally, if they do try and tank, I'm sure that, who you know, uh, Devon Dotson and whoever else they throw out there will somehow be getting some wins. Because the other thing, the other factor is, as we get closer to the end of April and into May, a lot of these playoff-bound teams will take their guys that are key and just shut them down with fake injuries before the playoffs start. Yeah.
0: I'm just expecting a Denzel Valentine, like Denzel Valentine 50 piece now. That's really just what I'm expecting. Like Wednesday, just him dropping 50.
1: Flex on him, Denzel!
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Incredible, incredible stuff. If if Denzel
1: Valentine drops a 50 burger in an NBA game, I will walk. Into traffic on Lake Shore Drive.
0: <laughs> you heard it here, first, folks. I'm, I'll hold them that. Cavs. Yeah, this we, the whole network. This is this is going to be a, a community bullying <laughs> into Matt having some serious medical bills. Uh, David Locke, give us health insurance, please. But uh, <laughs> for, 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 for for myself, for Jordan, for Matt, for Evan. This has been the lockdown Cavs, lockdown Bulls crossover. I did one less tankathon. Spin the Bulls got the third pick in this one, so that that's uh, Cavs go. went to eighth. So, so you guys got a good pick. The Cavs went to eighth, and, and that's shut them one. down. Shut them down. Jalen Suggs, Mobley, that could be a good vibe for for Chicago. But for us, we'll talk to y'all soon. Locked on Cabs is your
2: daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering
0: the latest news, rumors, and game action from the wine and gold.
2: You can follow us on social at Locked on Cabs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, email us at LockedOnCabs at gmail.com.
0: And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerle.